0: Bay is back and you've got him. Yes, I was away, oh, for about 20 days and so much has changed in that point of time. I just got back a day and a half ago and I was thinking of skipping this podcast because uh, you know I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but so much has changed that I just felt compelled to talk about it. Albert Reynoso, the producer of the podcast, did you miss me?
1: I always miss you, you know that.
0: <laughs> all right. But I did call you from New York.
1: You did. You did.
0: Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, I was away for 30 days. So many things have happened. Uh, not 30 days, th- uh, 20 days. But so many things have happened in just a little over the year. Do you remember the Supreme Court started its session 370 days ago? And in that short period of time, just five days more than a year. They have overturned precedents about affirmative action, precedents about uh, abortion, changed so many of our lives. In fact, uh, there is a new poll from ABC News, and people were asked, do you see the Supreme Court now as a political entity, not as a judicial entity? Uh, And this is what they replied that the Supreme Court is there to enforce partisan political views. 53% of majority of Americans, 33% say they're there to enforce the law, a a small sliver. And 14% just say, I don't know. You know, another poll on CNN, people were asked, which governmental entity has most changed your your life in the last year? Was it President Joe Biden in the executive branch? Was it Congress in the legislative branch? Or was it the Supreme Court? Well, it was a telephone poll, so take that into consideration. But more than 30,000 people answered, and over 70% of them said it was the Supreme Court that had the most effect on their daily personal lives. A court that most people see as partisan and a court that most people see was created through a conservative, partisan entity and a process that denied Obama appointing another Supreme Court justice. Trump got three. So what's changed? The court has changed America hasn't changed, the world hasn't changed, but the court has changed America. Now, I'm going to get to some of those court decisions in a few moments, but first, I've got to comment on this. You know, there throughout uh, the Republican primary, uh, and uh, especially with Ron DeSantis, there's been this emphasis on creating the other, the woke people. The transgender people, the gay people, the drag queen people. And the latest DeSantis campaign commercial. All right. It starts out as an attack on Trump saying that he is gay friendly and transgender friendly. Take a look at this. We'll do
2: everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens
3: but Caitlyn jenner were to walk into trump tower and want to use the bathroom you would be fine with her using any bathroom
2: she chooses that is correct
1: in the future can transgender women compete in this universe yes
4: make america
1: great again Psych!
0: all right that that would be sort of bad enough because it's enough to give you a headache uh but the ad then continues to beef up ron desantis as the masculine man and you know i i it's on the level of a comic book but i really just don't understand it and i want to talk to albert about this when we come back but this is the second part of that political ad take a look at this
2: I cannot think of anything more
4: purified. It really has shut down. Rag just produced some of the harshest, most draconian laws that literally threaten trans
2: existence. Congratulations, Robert the Sand. have accomplished. You win.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, they could show that to terrorists at Guantanamo and get them to confess everything. I mean, does that seem like brainwashing? But um, it's like, uh, remember Clockwork Orange, where Malcolm McDowell had his eyes popped open with toothpicks or something so he could be changed from violent to a peaceful, docile person? I mean... (laughs) That's what these images and that sound is like. And um, it's 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 almost ironic, uh, considering the masculine figures that he wants to identify with. Christian Bale from American Psycho, who was a murderer and a sadist, um, The wolf of Wall Street, who was a criminal, and a misogynist? The character played by Killian Murphy on Peaky Blinders who murders people left and right. That's masculinity? I mean, Albert, do you have any explanation for this?
1: I when you first sent me that link. I, I, maybe it's my age. I have no idea what the message of that ad is. None whatsoever.
0: It's supposed to be those, these are real men, well, and those are not tr- one, drag queens. Those and- so
1: fast, I don't understand what they're trying to get at. And number two is when I first saw it, I thought it was an anti DeSantis ad because he doesn't look good <laughs> at all. And the, the quotes that I see. Are negative quotes? Yeah, I know, but they're negative quotes because
0: they're negative quotes criticizing him because he's anti-gay. Now, the beginning of the ad, trying, you know, Trump uh, as president uh, forbade transsexuals from being part of the military. So it's not like he's the the trans best friend or the gay's best friend, but. He does play, I've never understood this either. He plays macho, macho man at his rallies, which is the village people, a gay group, which is sort of satirizing um, the hyper-masculinity in our culture, right?
1: I don't think that a lot of the people that are putting these ads together or the, certainly the politicians themselves, I don't think they have a clue as to what society is about and, and what the icons of society are now or in the past. All I don't right. think they know just like the Bushes never knew what the price of milk was. This is the same thing. They don't have a clue on what yeah, the they're, detached. they're detached.
0: They're <laughs> detached from reality yeah. is what we all know. No. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, Trump playing macho man and these people dancing around who who don't like gays, who are anti-trans and they're dancing to the village people <clears throat> who are icons, satirizing uh, male masculinity in our culture. Uh, you know, it, it it's all ironic. Now, when I was in New York, I visited one of my favorite museums, the New York Historical Society, and they had an exhibit on gay life in uh, New York City and specifically about a an artist called uh, J.C. Decker who for the first half of the 20th century created icons of American masculinity. He had football players, uh, big muscled rowers. He had sailors. He had the—he was the guy responsible for. Maybe you remember seeing these, the arrow shirt men who were muscles were like bulging through their shirts. Well, <laughs> it turns out that J.C. Liondecker was a gay man who lived with his lover for most of his life. And even though Teddy Roosevelt praised him, saying he has created the epitome of American male masculinity in the common man, and others said this is a celebration of the the vital masculinity of American life, he was a gay man. And I really burst out laughing when I came across this ad that he created, because how could you be (laughs) more obvious? Come on, man. I looked at that and said, I mean, you're just giving it away right there. And in this exhibit, they had a a video of um, gay life in Manhattan that dissected it into parts of the island. They had uh, uh, gay life in Harlem, gay life in Midtown, gay life in the village. And they had this picture which made me think le plus se change, le plus c'est le même chose. There are drag queens being thrown in the paddy wagon in 1928. 1928. They were part of a play called Pleasure Man, produced by Mae West. And they didn't just arrest the drag queens. They actually arrested uh, 52 actors as indecent. But there are the drag queens being thrown in a paddy wagon. All right? So this is not something totally new. So what is a real man? I want to show you a real man. A man who is grounded in reality. Who doesn't have to prove his masculinity with bulging biceps or a ripped abdomen or a a chiseled... Uh, face with a strong jaw. No, it's a man who uses his brain and is probably one of the most, no, he's not probably, he is the most articulate uh, member of the American political scene. Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, was asked on one of the Sunday shows for his reaction to that (laughs) egregious and that we can't make any sense of. Here's Pete Buttigieg on television your reaction
2: to that video.
3: You know, I'm going to choose my words carefully, partly because I'm appearing as secretary, so I, I can't talk about campaigns. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to leave aside the strangeness of trying to prove your manhood by putting up a video that splices images of you in between oiled up shirtless bodybuilders and just get to the bigger issue that, that is on my mind whenever I see this stuff in, in the policy space, which is, again, who are you trying to help? Who are you trying to make better off? And what public policy problems do you get up in the morning thinking about how to solve? You know we're focused as an administration on how to get things done to make people better off. I spent my week traveling around the country to places that are benefiting from infrastructure funding. We were in Appalachia in an Eastern Kentucky community that's been wiped out by floods repeatedly, and we're bringing them highway funding that's going to help them not only improve the road, but also improve the dam and protect them from floods in the future. A few weeks ago, we were in North Dakota where there's a railroad crossing that was a community headache for decades. And thanks to President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure funds, we, we finally have the, the resources to do something about it. And We're going to make that uh, uh, better and have it not be a problem holding back first responders. These are the kinds of problems that most of us got into government, politics and public service in order to work on. And and I just don't understand the mentality of somebody who gets up in the morning thinking that he's going to prove his worth by competing over who can make life hardest for a hard hit community that is already so vulnerable in America.
0: Now that's a real man in my opinion.
3: In fact, if I may
0: be so bold as to say, I have a man crush on Pete Buttigieg. And if this country should ever be so lucky to have him run and win a position in the White House as president, I would be fully supportive of him. All right. As would I. And Uh, and,
1: and the only the only thing wrong with with him being president is it's tough to say his name other than that. Perfect. guy. Oh, oh,
0: there's one more thing. He's a gay man. (laughs) So. All right. All right. So that was Pete Buttigieg. But, uh, you know, the DeSantis campaign isn't finished with this yet. Uh, remember, what was it, George Bush? It's uh, an infamous ad, the Willie Horton ad. And people said, oh, this was there to stir up fear, resentment, and hatred towards Black Americans. Remember the Willie Horton ad, uh, uh, you know, during the um, Bush-Dukakis, this is Bush, the father, Dukakis campaign, and it was notorious. But in this campaign, no, people did react. Even the uh, the uh, log cabin Republicans, who are gay conservatives, I wonder what Peter Thiel, who is uh, gives his billions of dollars to conservatives, I wonder what he thought of that ad, uh, Mr. DeSantis. But we do know who sprang to his defense when there was criticism of the Ron DeSantis ad. His lovely wife, a former broadcaster, who knows how to use the camera, but she came up with this backup ad for the homophobia in the desantis campaign
4: America, Take a look at we've witnessed a lot and put up with enough hey,
0: you, to to me, yes. you guys gotta go. Yes. go
1: he is arresting her for being on a public playground her kids are here what is- we've been forced into silence
2: compliance
3: enough is enough when you come after our kids we fight
0: back because there's nothing we won't do to protect our children they're not yours these are our kids
2: our nation's children are all our children
3: we will not allow you to Their innocence to advance your agenda. And we have finally
1: found our fighter.
0: We're not going to let you impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids.
1: We must restore sanity in our society. We need every mama and every grandmama in every corner of the country to stand up and fight back by electing Ron DeSantis President of the United States of America.
0: Okay, right. Why is there always this pounding, relentless music? Is that supposed to make us think that this is all important? I don't know why those gay marchers said that. They were probably being sarcastic and, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, to uh, troll Those right wingers who see them as who see gay Americans as groomers. And there is this these tunnels everywhere where children are being kidnapped and groomed, uh, you know, like the guy at at Comet Pizza who went down to free the children that Hillary Clinton was abusing and killing. I mean, It's just craziness. But I think that uh, the DeSantis should share the Julius Stryker Award. Uh, Julius Stryker, you remember, was the guy responsible for demonizing Jews in Nazi um, Germany in, in his newspaper with all sorts of distortions about them. They should get the Julius Stryker Award for demonizing a group of human beings for political advantage. On the other hand, you know, Trump is is just putting his toe into this controversy. Uh, In a rally speech, uh, he recognized to some degree that this whole thing is just a made-up, fabricated way to rile up the the right-wing base. Listen to this.
2: It's amazing how strongly people feel about that. You see, I'm talking about cutting taxes. People go like that. I'm talking about talking about transgender. Everyone goes crazy. Who would have thought five years ago you didn't know what the hell it was? But one that... Yeah,
0: you wouldn't know what the hell it was. And <clears throat> Now it's the number one issue in the DeSantis campaign. Oh, it's woke, it's transgender, it's gays. All right, so let me get to the Supreme Court decision that also... Uh, pertained to gay Americans. Now, in order to have standing before a court, meaning you have the right to bring a case before a court, the plaintiff must show an injury in fact. Remember that phrase, an injury in fact to their own legal interests. For instance, Rosa Parks sat in a bus seat that was designated for caucasians she was arrested they took her to jail she was fined all right the case lawrence versus the state of texas um which legalized uh, um, sexual activity between consensual adults lawrence went to jail I, I i don't know the explicit sexual act he had but he was observed having gay sex with another man, and he went to jail. Griswold v. Connecticut, which gave us the right to uh, buy contraceptives. There was a doctor in that case. He was giving out contraceptives. He was arrested and went to jail. They all had injury, in fact, to their own legal interests, even beyond their own legal interests. It was injury to their freedom. They were locked up Now, there's a case with a Christian website designer who claimed in her legal pleading that she had been contacted by a gay man who wanted to have her create a website for his gay wedding. And she, under Colorado law, you cannot discriminate against uh, uh, people because of their sexual orientation. Now, when they went to court, it was discovered that the case is about an imaginary website that might or might not exist in the future. This woman hadn't even, as far as I know, created uh, uh, websites for marriages. So she imagined, oh, someday I might want to do this. It's about an imaginary same sex couple that did not exist nor request. An imaginary um, uh, website for their imaginary wedding. And the whole conflict exists, in my opinion, because of the imagined existence of some guy up in the sky who incinerates gays uh, uh, because he doesn't like them. And the Supreme Court, you know, they 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 uh, give cert meaning that they decide to take a state uh, case. They don't have to take every case. There are so many cases. But they decided to take this case, although there was no injury, in fact. And they took this case and they found for the Christian website designer. The only thing that exists in this case is the Christian politi- political organization, uh, defenders. what, American Defenders of Freedom, I think it is, who pushed this case into the supreme court um and the resentment and hatred that some people have for gay americans you know the roberts court already had a verdict before they even deliberated they just needed a court case to come to them i don't know websites i mean so suppose you give the website person all of the written stuff you want in there, all of the pictures that you want in there. What is their personal contribution? They go to a computer, they put up the um, the uh, information you've given them, they put up the picture, they ask you to choose a template. But that's a, I saw these two, they were on the Smirconish show. And uh, grinning. You know, like the cat who ate the canary. This whole thing, this whole case was just a way to find other ways to ostracize, to make the other, to deem it wasn't about free speech. They say, oh, this is free speech now. Free speech? When you have DeSantis firing a prosecutor who did nothing but say something, never did anything, you have DeSantis punishing uh, one of the largest uh, companies in America and certainly the largest employer in Florida because their CEO said something. You have books being banned because they say something. You have librarians being fired because they authorize books that say something to be in their library. Don't force anybody to read them. Just have them. And then you tell me this case is about free speech? And one of the lead lawyers in this case was also someone who had been one of the leading lawyers in the, I always mispronounce it, Mifespritone. well, the anti-abortion drug case where they actually looked for an anti-abortion jug- uh, judge in Texas, Casmerick, And they brought the case there so he could strike down uh, the administration and the distribution of this abortion drug. And guess who one of these leading lawyers in both cases was? Josh Hawley's wife. Here he is congratulating her. Major victory to free speech and a religious liberty today. Proud of my wife, Erin, who litigated this case. And you think this is about the law? It's not about politics? When she steered the anti-abortion drug case to Kasmeric, and she was one of the leading attorneys in that case, he didn't recuse himself. Even though he had made a donation to Josh Hawley's campaign, he's congratulating her. He's congratulating her because she entered a false statement into her leading uh, into her pleading as a plaintiff before the court, and that was either deceptive or it was irresponsible indicating that she did not do her due diligence. You're supposed to, you know, you're not just supposed to grab things from here and there. You're supposed to look into them to make sure these facts are verifiable. That's one of the things that got Giuliani in trouble and disbarred. Because he was flooding the case, he was flooding cases with information that simply was not true. And he did not do due diligence to confirm those facts. Well, she didn't either. There is no gay wedding. There is no gay man asking for a website. All right. So the other case was affirmative action that we talked about. Clarence Thomas, of course, this has been his bet noire for years. He's tried to get rid of affirmative action, even though he conceded And this is a quote from him. God only knows where I would be today if not for the legal principles of equal employment opportunity, critical to minorities and women in this society. These laws and their proper application are all that stand between the first 17 years of my life and the second 17 years. Well, when he went to Yale Law School, they had initiated, actually they had quotas, they wanted to reach a percentage of their law students that was 10 percent african-american now listen uh, i understand why they're saying oh we've made progress but for them to say that we have a colorblind society is ridiculous and the latest supreme court justice said that with let them eat cake obliviousness the majority announces colorblindness for all, but deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. And it's, and I think her statement stands. She probably wouldn't be on the Supreme Court. Neither would Clarence Thomas. Probably Obama might not have been admitted to Columbia or Harvard. If not, it doesn't mean that he was less capable. Michelle Obama too. The way our world has changed, in many ways, black newscasters, black politicians, black members of news organizations. Uh, in fact, I've I've found that the most articulate people that speak to me, people like Jamul Bowie, or um, or Obama, or um, Elijah Cummings or Stacey Abrams all of whom have advanced college degrees they're they're my favorite people other than Pete Buttigieg who is gay who articulate the problems facing america now a lot of this is based on uh, what the federalist society has done and There are about six ways that you could interpret the Constitution, and of course it has to be interpreted. You can't just look at the words. You can't just look at the history and know, oh, what was this guy thinking when that happened? For instance, uh, to pick the most obvious and repeated example, what is cruel and unusual punishment? I mean, what we're talking about today are these judges going back to 1789 and saying, well, what did they have then? When they made these things I'm, I'm reading this book it's called worse than nothing the dangerous fallacy of originalism by erwin chemerinsky who is a uh, law professor at uh, berkeley and an interesting book i don't want to go too much into it but one of the things that has been said about originalism is that it's like going to a cocktail party that's crowded and jammed with people and you scour the mob looking for your few friends who might be there to try to find them. Yes, history is a grand buffet and you can pick something here or pick something here. You want a good example? All right, there was a recent case um, at the Supreme Court called U.S. Term Limits versus thornton in that case some of the people in the majority opinion um cited um joseph story who was one of the early supreme court justices he was the youngest supreme court justice in our history 32 years old when he was appointed to the court i believe by thomas jefferson and he's esteemed as a great uh, uh, jurist but um Clarence Thomas derided his inclusion in the majority opinion because he said, yes, he's a great thinker and whatever else. But he wasn't around when the Constitution was created, so you can't use him as a a source. Now, he was also in the minority opinion now. For the other case about uh, Moore v. Harper, which was the independent state legislature opinion, you know, where they were going to say that if the legislature wants to uh, pick electors, uh, the court can't or redistrict the courts, cannot overrule them. Basically striking down um, judicial oversight on the state level. Guess what? (laughs) Clarence Thomas cited Joseph Story in his minority opinion. And, you know, the people in the majority, uh, it didn't go unnoticed. They mentioned this. On one hand, you're saying we can't refer to him as a constitutional authority because he didn't create the Constitution. And now you're saying that he's one of your sources. (laughs) Give me a break. All right. So, uh, you know, Trump has brought up one of our old bugaboos communism again and in his rallies now he's talking about the infiltration of communists and Marxists he calls them mark (laughs) into our society take a look at this clip
2: I will also order our government to deny entry to all communists and Marxists. look we have Marxists fascists communists they're pouring into our country we are going to deny them access to our country. Now, the one problem is what about all the ones we already have that happen to be politicians, okay? Nancy Pelosi, Schumer,
1: Schiff, Schiff. How about Schiff? Shifty,
0: shifty Schiff. Liar. What a liar. Schumer is a Marxist? Nancy Pelosi? Come on. This is like Trump's greatest hits, bringing them back out again. The communists are flooding into our country and the markers. Oh, we must be wary of the markers. Now, the reason I brought that up is because um, uh, I want to talk a bit about talk radio. And Jay Diamond, who's one of my best friends and was one of the few on new york city talk radio who actually made you think about things um i hope that i was another one but you know that's up to your decision as a listener but when i was growing up i had my parents loved bob grant he was on we had a radio in the kitchen a radio in the bedroom a radio in the bathroom he was on every radio in the house of course this uh, He was on MCA, I think, and then WABC. When he was on MCA, though, he was tempered by uh, Malachi McCourt, who was a communist. And there was Leon Lewis, who was a, uh, a black uh, radio host. He used to ring a bell whenever there was a first time caller. And Bob Grant, actually, you know, the first radio show I hosted in New York City, I got a call from Bob Grant. He was going on vacation and he asked me to sit in on his show he was on vacation and i still remember my guest was malcolm wallop who was the u.s senator from wyoming that's right wyoming and even bob grant listen it's hard to say that he wasn't a racist he was i i won't go over some of the things that he said on the radio right now but he was also a talented broadcaster And people listened to him, look at how my parents, when he spoke or had a book signing, my parents would rush to it. So I grew up with Bob Grant. And then eventually when I had a TV show, he was several times a guest on that TV show. And he was the number one radio talk show host in New York City. Well, back then, even in 1991, when we asked the question, should we ban communism in america take a look at this
4: i guess now i know have a contrary point of view to the communist party as you'll see in just a moment anthony imperiali is a former state senator from new jersey and says that communists contribute absolutely nothing to our country and bob grant is the most popular radio talk show host in new york he's on wabc radio and i'm sure he has slightly different views as well please welcome them to the show I pointed about, uh, out unemployment at its highest levels in about 10 years, uh, very high in the New York metropolitan area. We have a terrific problem with homelessness and people on the streets, with poverty. We have a problem making ends meet in terms of paying for a higher education and making it accessible to all people. The communists say that their system can solve a lot of those problems. Uh, to say
2: we have problems, of course we have problems. There's no utopia anywhere. And uh, to say uh, that the government is going to do anything or give anybody anything, it's a fallacy, Richard. I'll tell you why. Because the government doesn't produce anything. The government takes from the people to give to some of the other people. And why does it do it? Because the government does not produce. The government
4: cannot give you anything unless it takes away from somebody else. But I know the communists would say that a lot of the capitalists uh a class the upper class does not produce either that's that true. isn't is, that's one of your arguments one percent yes. of the country owns 36 percent of all the wealth 36 percent of all the pays, wealth. The and whole pays the tiny
2: percentage of the tax so bob's rallying against taxes but he should rally against the taxes against the working class and stop the privileged tax see for here the they rich. go with the with the uh, with the uh, polemics uh the jargon which is meaningless which is a laugh right now. If we were having this discussion a couple of years ago, I might be very incensed. But now I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying seeing these, these pathetic creatures we're enjoying here, you too. <laughs> who probably in their heart of hearts, at least two or three of them I suspect, in their heart of hearts, know that communism is a failure. But, hey, this is America. I don't want to outlaw the Communist Party. I want people like this to come on Please. programs like this to show the American people how lucky we are. And let me say this, Richard. You could talk about homelessness, you could talk about unemployment, and guess what? Everybody wants to come to America. I don't see anybody breaking his neck to get out of America. The Communist Party led the way for unemployment insurance. I'll the try. Communist Party advocated Social Security before anyone. It was called a socialistic system. Now it is practiced. The Communist Party said that this, the government has a responsibility to help those when they had hard times. That was the meaning of unemployment compensation. It was called a socialistic idea. Now it is integrated. These are the things the communists brought forward. Okay. Does anybody here know what central planning is? It was the keystone of the communist economic system. What it meant was a commissar in Moscow would tell a factory in Vladivostok they had to make 100,000 pairs of gloves. They would make the gloves, and then nobody knew what to do with them. They had no orders. Nobody was buying them. Nobody needed them. And then next year, they would get another order because there was for the supply and demand.
4: The, the marketplace didn't work <clears throat> under the precepts of supply and demand, right? And there was no such thing as supply okay. and demand. But let me ask you this too, Bob. I mean, I've never asked you this. Do you believe that housing is a right or a privilege that you get when you work and pay your rent? Well, I think housing is a uh,
2: is a privilege, a, a right. Hey, look, uh, give me one of those uh, fancy schmancy places up in, uh, where is it, Saddle River? Hey, that's my right. I'm an American citizen. I'm going to walk <laughs> in the knock of the door and say, give it to me. Come on, cut it out. <laughs> I mean, and besides, I didn't say there was anything wrong with somebody living better than somebody else. I want to live better than you. How does that grab you? But I want to work for it. I don't want somebody to give it to me. But the point that I want to make is, there's no hypocrisy here. Uh, uh, an executive says, I'm getting an executive salary. A baseball player signs a contract for $5 million a year to play baseball. And uh, everybody says, isn't that great? Roger Clemens is a great pitcher. Look, he's making all that money. I begrudge it because I think
4: it's silly to pay a baseball player. But this is America. This is an open society. This uh, There's a new attitude here. I, I know when I first uh, started acting, let's say I joined Screen Actors Guild, in the 70s. I had to sign a statement that said I was not a member of the Communist Party. And you know what? I thought that was un-American. You know who that was initiated by? Ronald Reagan, who later became president. Why couldn't you be an actor and be a communist? But in those days, people thought communism was a threat. Anymore? Do you find it a threat? The Soviets have outlawed communism. Should we? Do you still feel threatened by it? Give us a ring at 201-480-VOTE. Press Y for yes, press N for no. We'll be back in just a moment
0: all right yeah that's a true story i mean when i first got my job in a film uh i had to join screen actors guild which was the union and they said you've got to sign this declaration that you have not been and are not nor will not become a member of the communist party and i said why why should i have to sign this i said as an american shouldn't i have the right to uh, to join a party. And they said, if you don't sign that, you don't work. I signed it. Anyway, thank you for signing in to Richard Bay Talk one last time. And uh, I do appreciate it. Remember, um, share this on Facebook. Uh, subscribe if you haven't done that already, and you'll never miss an episode. And uh, tell your friends about it if you enjoy it. Thanks again for watching, and as always, all my best. Take care.